All right, I want the both of you to listen up, because I'm here to tell you that Mac Weldon is better than whatever you're wearing right now. Even if you're not wearing underwear, Mack Weldon is better than that. Mack Weldon believes in smart design, premium fabrics, and simple shopping. Uh, I have shopped at Mack Weldon several times myself, and it's always been a delight. And uh, my understand I've never had to return things, but my understanding is the return process is also extremely easy. Mack Weldon will be the most comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, and sweatpants that you will ever wear. I'm literally wearing it right now. They have a line of silver underwear and shirts that are naturally antimicrobial, which means they eliminate odor. Dan. What? They will what? Want, they want you to be comfortable. So if you don't like your first pair, and there's really absolutely no reason why you would not like your first pair or your second pair or your third pair. But anyway, you can keep it and they will still refund you. No questions asked. Not only does Mack Weldon's underwear, socks, shirts, all their stuff look great. They perform well, too. It's good for working out. It's good for going to work, going on dates, doing everything in your everyday, ordinary life. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off using promo code REBOUND, much like the name of this here podcast. And you will then get on social media and you will thank us profusely for having done that. Well, that's that's great. I, I have a bone to pick, which is the, uh, you said it was... Even if you're not wearing underwear, it's better than what you're wearing. I mean, that's right. That seems like a given right there. <laughs> Just hygiene wise. <laughs> well, I don't know. Some people, you know, some people might like that, but I'm here to tell you it's better than that. Okay. Well, all right. I believe you. Okay. Uh, hey, technology. How about technology? I, I, I like the technology. Are you guys excited for next week? What's next week? <laughs> you're, you're fired, English. You're fired. <laughs> Again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just keep coming. In fact, why are you even here? You just keep coming just, back. We keep this having him on. We keep firing him. I don't know why yeah, we keep hi- Why do we keep rehiring this guy? The process yeah, this is, is why very Lex and I just keep trading places. We just keep getting fired all the time. This, this is true. This he is gets interviewed. He interviews really well, apparently. <laughs> Who, Lex or Guy? Well, <laughs> maybe both of them. I don't that's know. That's true. Well, well, I, I show up in my finest underwear. So that's my secret. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He is that's wearing Mac Weldon. should probably hire him. It's the way he shows us that he's wearing Magwell, and that's kind of, uh, you yeah. know, that's inappropriate. Kind of off-putting. This is a family podcast. <laughs> I couldn't even finish that with a straight face. Yeah, right. Okay, it's WWDC next week uh, as we record this, unless this gets delayed by some really super crazy reason, which seems unlikely. Uh, you guys got picks on, uh, on what you want to see next week? New Siri. New Siri. New Siri. Siri with new uh, name? Should they rename it? it? Should they just no. be like, let's call it no, something no, no, else? No, 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 no. You don't, you don't rename Siri. Come on. It's yeah, a cultural touchstone. You can't rename Siri now. Yeah. Um, but with an API and uh, and then also just better, just better. Yeah. Okay. That sounds that sounds like a great you got a great plan. <laughs> Get better. How like to, it's just better at doing what you ask it to do. Understanding. It understanding you. Um, yeah. Better at understanding it. I want new features, too, though. I mean, we, we want everything. We're going to be greedy here today. Sure. I mean, the API thing, I think, is big because third-party apps have been pretty left out in the cold so far. So 
letting them tap into some of the power of Siri, I think would be super cool. And it would take some of the responsibility off of Apple in terms of having to like, this is kind of like back in the old Apple TV days where the channels that showed up were basically the ones that, you know, had deals with Apple and they would implement them, you know, sort of uh, just through, you know, they would just sort of add on more channels when they felt like it, when they had struck deals with people, as opposed to it being an open app ecosystem. So rather now than having, you know, a few partners here and there that Apple has cut special deals with and like hard coded in functionality, if they can make a, an API that lets third parties get in there, I feel like that could open up a lot of possibilities and, and then Apple doesn't have to do all of it. Right. I think that'd be good. I wrote a few years ago a piece saying that it was basically very, very hard to do, actually do uh, a Siri API. Yeah. Um, because if you think about it, if you if you ask a, if you ask for like a query, um, and many apps on the system think that they can uh, resolve it, uh, which do you prefer? You know, like if if you've got three apps on your like, oh, yeah. your Apple TV or something that that can uh, resolve weather information, and you ask it, uh, how hot is it going to be at three o'clock today? All of those apps are going to say, well, I can answer that, and which one wins? Well, could you could you work a system kind of where it's like, you know, the first time you make that query, it says, would you like to use this app, this app or this app? And then once you've sort of said, like, I want to use this app, it just remembers that. Yeah. And then you add a new weather app and what happens? I mean, presumably you would need an interface to change that. To change that. Yeah. Doesn't, um, doesn't it's Alexa, complicated. You're right. Doesn't it, it, Alexa it gets... let you say which, you know, you don't yes. you say like, tell Alexa something or t- Alexa, tell something or other to do yes. this now, yeah yeah so there's two reasons i mentioned that ambiguity the thing a developer is going to be jerks and try to game it yeah uh, <laughs> like they're gonna for sure um but the Tell, other reason uh. is yeah my app is called uh <laughs> wait take that out of the show we've got another million dollar idea that we can <laughs> leaking out here. um we just give these things away. Wait, wait, wait. It responds to uh, but it, the name of the app is AA plus plus uh. Yes, yes. Did you have a query? <laughs> uh, maybe it just laughs or something. Or tries to help. Um, the other thing is, yeah, Alexa's been doing it. Now, the thing with Alexa is, it's um, you. Well, my understanding, at least, is that you sort of explicitly call out which app you want to use. So you'd say, I don't know, play Bruce Springsteen on Spotify. Yeah, it's got a mix kind of because there are apps that like it hooks into where you can, you know, summon it with a particular keyword. Um, Also some like this got all the IFTTT integration, which all responds to trigger. So you have to say trigger something, which is annoying and not particularly fluid, but I understand that it's also probably a lot easier. Um, But it also has defaults, right? Like if you just say play some music, like, and you name an artist or an album or something, it's first attempt is always Amazon prime music. Cause it assumes that no matter who you are, you have access to that because you have a prime account. Okay. Um, So is there, is there an app that has like a most favored status that isn't from amazon i don't know if there is i'm trying to think like i feel like in most cases here's the thing like they a lot of the stuff they have is very specific so i think there's a lot less of that ambiguity mm-hmm. yes if you have music like you can say on spotify or on tune in or something like that but it also is smart enough to know that certain queries are keyed to like certain apps that have that functionality for example i can say play 
and name my local radio station WBUR, and it will it knows to use the TuneIn app for that, presumably because it's the only app that can handle it. Uh, and I don't have to say like, oh, play this on TuneIn. I just say play WBUR, and it just starts going with my local radio station. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, it works. It works very well. But keep in mind that Alexa is fairly tightly controlled. Still, there are some. They have opened it up. There are some like third party integrations. Um, but a lot of it you have to enable specifically. Um, so for example, you can hook in Google calendar, but you got to like go into the Alexa app and, and open up Google and like tell it, log into my Google calendar, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the built-in functionality that's out of the box is stuff that Amazon provides itself. So if you ask the weather, I don't know where it gets that, but you know, it has clearly its own like hookup with a weather service, right? Same way if you ask Siri, right? Like it uses its own built-in weather service which is related to you know yahoo Yahoo, i think yeah so i'm sure you know yeah if you want to get your weather forecast from dark sky instead i don't know how that's going to work um but either you would have to provide some sort of mechanism for uh specifically saying like oh check the weather with dark sky or in some like settings or something you'd have to say this is my preferred weather app but yeah yeah that doesn't Uh, scale i think you you Basically, I just bring it up to say that uh, I think you do need some ambiguity resolution, whether that's explicitly setting which app you want for which kind of functions, or uh, you know maybe they just control what, like they 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 more tightly control apartments that they're going to have than a typical app store, or maybe you just explicitly say which app you want to use. Either way, I think like you can't this Wild West system. I, I I'm not sure that's going to work out at Apple scale. Well, have you seen the stuff that like, so have you looked at Viv and like the stuff that they're doing over there? Because they seem to yes. be trying to do a much more, really... they have a, they have an amazing, way more robust feature set than Alexa. Yeah. Right. Because they clearly set out with the intention to build it with an API, right? Like yeah. how are, like from the ground up, how are we going to make this accessible to third parties? Yeah. So my, I think it's brilliant. I think it's really great, and it's probably the future of how this kind of stuff is going to go. Now, my my issue is that, or my concern, I guess, would be that they're building a system, um, assuming that the uh, the apps that they work with are uh, good actors. Right. I think you need to kind of protect the system from bad actors, because that's what's going to happen in the real world on the App Store you will have apps lying to the system about their suitability for a task uh, and thereby, like, you know, either getting a bunch of queries that they didn't, they don't deserve or kind of giving half-assed answers. Uh, and I don't know how you control for that, really. Well, I mean, there's some control in the sense that if you insult... I'm sounding really negative, and I'm not No, negative. no, I, 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 I don't think so. I, I just think it's a... It's, it's, it's not an a, interesting like a, problem. It's, yeah, it's, it's not mic. an easy... Well, and it's my new mic. <laughs> your new mic makes you sound really negative. Can you adjust that on the back? <laughs> Turn the negative down. Yeah. Um, oh. I was thinking, I mean, there is some self-selection for that, right? Because if you download an app and it starts hijacking all your Siri queries, you're probably going to delete that. Oh, yeah. 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 Right. So there's, you know, as far as and, that goes, there's some control over it in the sense that in the same way that if you download an app that spams you with notifications, either you turn off the notifications or you delete the app. So maybe there will be some sort of way to just say like, okay, don't use this app in Siri or don't give it permission. Like maybe when you first make a query, it might give you that like kind of like with photos and stuff where it's like, do you want this app to answer Siri queries? Yeah. John, is there anything else you want to see at WWDC? Oh, 
take a load off it's fine i understand well feet up. i guess i guess i'm kind of interested in seeing where they go with this um this macbook with the the touch bar up at the top you think that's coming this you think that's coming next well week? i mean if they've got hardware like if we're seeing hardware for it m- maybe yeah i guess I mean, it's if possible those, are, those screens if those shots are actually real then um i think it's i think it's possible yeah, it seems like, I mean, I guess they could roll it out in like another month or something, but this is not, this uh, WWC is not a bad place for pro-level laptops, I think. Yeah, particularly something that is apparently designed for uh, app makers to dinger with, you know, I mean, that's what that row is for, because if you have an app that needs, that it could benefit from special buttons, that's what it's for. I'm still very skeptical about this idea, just because it seems very gimmicky. It does, it's, I understand that. Um, but I would like to see it before I, you know, pass judgment because, because I also think, because I also think it could be really cool. It could be really cool. We, we got, we got an hour long show here to fill. So. <laughs> I can't have you taking reasonable approaches. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know. Please, what, I don't know what please go me. back to the snap judgment. <laughs> how about if I make a snap judgment that's against your snap judgment? That sounds like a great plan. That gives us some conflict. It's a dramatic thing your snap judgment is so stupid that <laughs> um well yeah i don't know so pro level hardware seems possible the mac pro itself is also seems like it's in desperate need of an upgrade it is not keeping pace with the times um yeah. i know a lot of people developers and power users who have basically said you know traded in their mac mini or their mac uh, pros effectively for an imac uh like a 5k imac because right it's it's better <laughs> um yeah. and that's kind of a sad state of affairs because the mac pro was pretty cool when it came up but then it was also overpriced the upgradability is kind of still an issue yeah i mean it's it's kind of turned into the the um anniversary macintosh of this generation i that might be a little harsh <laughs> it okay it is it is definitely however the fact that it's it's currently in a sort of a dead end state it does seem it seems weird i mean i'm assuming they're gonna they are gonna upgrade it at some point but it's been quite a while now it has and it seems weird because like if you go out and buy i'm just looking at the uh the specs like you uh, buy that retina 5k you can get a what they got 3.2 3.3 quad core which is you can still get a slightly faster one but it's it's so much cheaper i feel like right like right three thousand dollars for a pound for pound it's definitely cheaper to get an imac yeah and I mean, they made a big deal out of it when it came out. What was this? Two years ago now? Is that when yeah, it debuted? I think so. It can't be more than that. Um, I, I yeah, and they just really—it doesn't seem like it's kept up with the times, and that seems kind of unfortunate because yeah. it is kind of the you know I don't know the flagship model exactly, but I've also heard stories of people buying older Mac Pros, the big cheese grater ones, just because you can swap stuff in and out much easier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so yeah i don't know it seems a little weird for them to not uh spend more time upgrading that in some way yeah although i think you know we're neither one of us is likely to get one <laughs> no i don't think regardless so. of what the what the no, upgrade is december 2013 so i guess that was three years ago almost three two and a half yeah yeah um i mean but it was announced at wwc 2013 so it yeah. is three years since the announcement oh it was announced then and then it didn't come out yeah remember December? it kept getting delayed yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and everyone right. was was very frustrated. Um, but I think yeah that since then I don't. I'm trying to see if they've have they changed it at all. I don't think they've changed it at all. Three years is a long time. Like even if you announce hardware that's you know three years ahead at that point, which this wasn't. Uh, <laughs> that that's you know a long time to go without an upgrade. So. Yeah, I don't know. There seemed to be some. There's that rumor floating around the other week about the external display with a graphics card oh, yeah, in it. That's right. Right. Uh, that got shot down by Rene Ritchie over at iMore. It seemed like a weird oh, idea. I did. I didn't. I missed that. What did, oh, so what did he say? He just, just debunked it. He said it wasn't. That? It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't coming. But I don't know. It seems the the whole Thunderbolt display thing. That's also that's always one of those products that's been like. <laughs> Beloved by a few, and yet it's clearly not a product that Apple sells a lot of. Right. So well, they can't make them at prices that, or won't make them at prices that are a lot of people are competitive. Be able to afford. Yeah, I mean that that product's basically been like, well, basically a thousand dollars forever. Yeah. Um, or at least you know in the last several incarnations of that of that display, I have an older one, um, which is now probably. Oh gosh, I don't even know how old it is. I've had it for years. Uh, it still has a mini DisplayPort connector on it, so that could probably date it to a certain amount. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great. I like it. It's a beautiful screen, but I, you know, <laughs> that was MacWorld bought that. I would never have bought that with my own money because it simply yeah. would not have been worth worth it. Right. And uh, the year, I mean, years ago they used to make monitors that were you know not cheap but reasonably priced. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so I I don't know the hardware thing. It seems unlikely that there's much else beyond that that we, we'd see because just everything else is fairly recently revved or right. stuff that doesn't get announced at WWDC. So I think this right. is going to be mainly a software affair. I think the MacBook Pro and maybe the Mac Pro are kind of the possibilities. Um, yep. And if so, I think the MacBook Pro would be more substantial and the Mac Pro would get basically a bump to make it spec wise more comparable mm-hmm. or like you know but it won't they won't change the design or anything it's no well I they spent so mean. long on making that thing and, and yeah. like hyping it there's no way that they're gonna be like oh yeah turns <laughs> hey, out that was bro. a terrible idea <laughs> this is why our services haven't been so great lately we've been working on a new mac pro <laughs> everybody's working on this um you know uh oh, well the other the other rumor is uh revised apple music right yeah, I yeah, God. I mean, it seems you know uh, that's maybe not a huge thing, but at least some supposedly some improvements to how much the can I pay to not have Eddie Q do an Apple Music segment <laughs> during? <laughs> have you seen these new ads? True. Um, with DJ Khaled, not that one. No. Okay, there are two new ads with DJ Khaled where he one where I I assume I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Um, one with Ray Liotta, which is weird but kind of funny. And then one with Naomi Campbell that I just finished watching and was like, what is this? <laughs> and I think I realized this is not targeted at me. Uh-huh. Uh, it's basically like him and Naomi Campbell, like driving down a, like, you know, California highway in a convertible. And then he starts playing something from Apple music. And I don't even, I don't even know really. <laughs> uh, but I, I think it's not targeted at me is the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, very odd i'm not yeah i don't know i don't know what they would announce at this that would make me change my mind on apple music i i don't i mean i might go there eventually but i don't think anything that they're going to announce is going to be like oh yeah 
I totally got to get in on that. So, and what are you using right now? Uh, I buy music on iTunes, use iTunes Match, and occasionally use Spotify for just like free streaming if there's like an album or two I want to listen to. Okay. That I like haven't been convinced I want to buy yet, but I'm, I'm mainly still like buying music from iTunes, I guess. Hmm. Maybe I'm old school. Well, I guess that is considered old school now, yes. I don't buy, um, you know, here's all the, the kids. All the kids. Are streaming, Dan. Well, I don't. You know, it's not a bad value proposition, right? Like if you buy more than an if you buy uh, more than an album a month or something, I, I don't buy an album a month. Like yeah. I didn't. There's I don't spend anywhere near that much money, and I don't like the the subscription thing. Still makes me kind of uncomfortable uh, in terms of just not having control right. of my music. And control, I've seen all. Yeah. And, and even though I use iTunes Match and iCloud Library to stream music that I own. Uh, having all of it tied up in the cloud is occasionally a pain, as when all the Apple services went down last week. Um, yeah, it's like, yeah, and Rrr. you know what my Wi-Fi is like. Yeah. <laughs> I do all <laughs> so, too well. Yeah, so I I sometimes have that problem where I like, oh, I'd like to listen to Apple Music on my Sonos, and because my internet connection is so bad, or, or I mean, it's it's stabilized a little bit in the past couple months. Um, but I, I had real problems with it for for a while. Basically, it was partly due to a merger between two service providers here, and you know, you'd go to play music and you just you couldn't access. I couldn't access anything, <laughs> so it wasn't it wasn't really a problem per se with Apple Music, but it was a problem with anything that was streaming. So I couldn't get Netflix. I couldn't you know I couldn't yeah, get anything. That's yeah yeah. I'm surprised you're still alive. I really thought you would be <laughs> locked in that basement with canned I, I may food not right be, now. Actually. I don't know. No one has checked. <laughs> well, before we go on and talk, I want to talk a little bit about the Mac because I think that's another interesting possibility for WWC. But before we talk about that, I mean, OS 10 or Mac OS, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I, I want to tell you first about our other sponsor today, our good friends at Casper. Casper is a sleep brand that created one perfect mattress sold directly to consumers. I guess they created one and they already sold it. So you can't have it. Well, okay. Maybe there are more. <laughs> Uh, they're eliminating commission-driven inflated prices, and their award-winning sleep service was developed in-house as a sleek design and is delivered in a small, how-the-heck-did-they-do-that-sized box. Uh, and they don't just make mattresses anymore. They also offer an adaptive pillow and soft, breathable sheets. Quality is one of Casper's watchwords. An in-house team of engineers spent thousands of hours developing the Casper. It combines springy latex and supportive memory foams for a sleep surface that's got just the right sink and just the right bounce. Plus, its breathable design sleeps cool to help you regulate your temperature through the night. Now, we all know that if you go to a mattress store, your mattress can cost well over $1,500. I know I, I paid that much for a mattress a few years ago. But Casper mattresses cost just $500 for a twin-size mattress or $600 for an extra-long twin, $750 for a full, $850 for a queen, or $950 for a luxurious king. Even better, you don't have to go to that mattress store because buying a Casper mattress is convenient and risk-free. They offer free delivery and free returns with a 100-night home trial. That's right, you can sleep on it for 100 nights. And uh, if you still don't love it, they'll pick it up and refund you everything. Casper understands the importance of truly sleeping on a mattress before you commit, especially considering that you're going to spend a third of your life on it, or possibly more, like if you're a teenager or something, you probably spent like half your life on that. Uh, so the, the things about Casper that make it so great, it's obsessively engineered at a shockingly fair price. It's got that dual foam construction. Time Magazine, in fact, named it one of the best inventions of 2015, and it's now the most awarded mattress of the decade. I don't know much about mattress awards, but, you know, that's something. Uh, there's free shipping returns to the U.S., and 
uh, our good friend Guy English's home home country of Canada. A uh, mm. hundred nights risk free in your own home, and it's made right here in America. Best of all, you guys are listeners of our show, which means special deal for you. You get fifty dollars towards any mattress purchase by visiting www.casper.com slash rebound and using code rebound. Once again, name of the show rebound terms and conditions do apply. Thank you so much for to Casper for sponsoring this week's episode of the rebound. And we're going to come back around to, uh, to talking about WWDC. I think, uh, OS 10. Is it, is it, is the OS 10 name dead? I think so. Yeah. If not, I'm going to kill I'm gonna it. Go, I'm going to go in on that as well. Yeah, I think it's going to be Mac OS with a capital M. No, uh, no, no space. No space. Okay, I, I can buy that. I think that makes sense to me. I think it's a little. It is. I think it's a little weird that everything else is lowercase. But I, yeah. The reason for that I figured out is that everything else is a everything else is generic, right? TV right. Mac is a trademark, so right. it makes right. sense that they want to capitalize it. At least in Apple's way of thinking, I'm yeah. okay with it. It looks better than so, with the lowercase M. I don't yeah. know. I like. I'm a. I'm a stickler for consistency, but you know that's fine. Yeah, me too. But uh, what you're gonna start? You're not gonna start typing Mac with an a lowercase M. It's, it's gonna <laughs> yeah, that'd be weird. That would be super weird. I don't think yeah, I could handle a lot that. of weird things. I don't know. <laughs> also, that all sounds like other, a different show. <laughs> yeah. All, <laughs> also, all of the other things are like proper names, right? They're nouns. Or or they're they're not. Like they're watch not your TV. Or like yeah, your generic, TV right? watch and the letter I are all. Right, all just, yeah. Just generic things, yeah. as opposed the to the like Mac. A, yeah, yeah. Um, and they've got a trademark on the Mac too, right? Not right, that's the, what I said. Yeah, they have a trademark, a, so I think that they. Yeah, it's not Macintosh. They, they well, they have that, but they also just have Mac. And in fact, if you go, I, as I accidentally re- mistyped yesterday, I went to apple.com/slash/macOS, and it currently redirects to OS X, which is probably done for a while. But I feel like that's just another check mark there. Yeah, I mean the the ten the ten at this point is. <laughs> Well, the it's ten or pretty, the X. is pretty, pretty. The X ten is pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Do you think the? It's, I think the Mac OS ten ten dot. Okay, just stop. Well, so here's the the, the double question, which is one. Uh, I think I agree with you guys that the OS ten, the Roman numeral ten, is kaput. Um, is there a point where they move on from ten dot something? Because it is kind of hilarious that they've been at, you know, ten point. And for like, I made this joke about how uh, the iOS, you know. It's iOS is going to hit iOS 10 this year, and macOS is still on 10 and has been for 15 years. <laughs> yeah, that's inconsistent. I'm kind of okay with it being stuck at 10 in that, um, you know, it's major, minor, bug fix. It's like the what the three dots are for. Yeah, but uh, major hasn't changed. And... Y- yeah, but it hasn't. It's been the same mock kernel kicking along for... Yeah, but we went through like Mac OS, you know, system one through system yes. 9.5, you know. Yes. So I guess my point is that like, look, if they're going to use the major as like an actual major number, that's fine. I don't care. It makes it kind of pointless because, yeah, for 15 years, we've had the same one. And nobody talks about that anyway. Everybody talks about the uh, the revision number. Right. Like yeah. Tiger, yeah. Like 10.3, 10. like so whatever. It's just it's it's like a prefix noise that everybody just ignores. Uh, I'd be cool with them going to 11. Just spinal tap it up. Exactly. That gives us such right. a great opportunity right there. Yeah. I, I yeah. If you're going to change the name, just exactly. go to 11. Just exactly. You know? Mac OS yeah. 11. I think, I think I would get on board with that. That's, that way, if you rev it, if you keep revving it every year, you can just stay one step ahead of iOS all the time. <laughs> uh, I was kind of into them catching up to each other. It's weird, though. It's weird, uh, it's man. Weird. I know it's weird and it's kind of silly, but whatever. If, they're all, if all of the OSs are on the same number, that's good. No? 
Yeah, I I mean they can't do any worse than Windows, which has went gone through like seven different naming schemes in the last right. fifteen years. Yeah, right. but you know what Windows didn't do is the uh, when you ask it for the version number, like programming style, you ask it for the version number, it moves very slowly. I think it's on like seven now. But they like already five had was Windows like, Five was like Windows two thousand. No, no, but like the it the the actual number that you ask for has nothing to do with the product name. It's so weird. I no. mean, yeah, like Windows Seven. I don't know what kernel it, it could have had six. I I don't know. I just remember it going for it was like ninety five, ninety eight, two thousand. Emmy, you forget Emmy. Emmy. Sorry, Emmy. Yeah, yeah. NT, you know, two thousand. Uh, Meanwhile, you've got XP. NT. Yeah, NT over there. XP. Yeah. Vista seven eight ten <laughs> ten. <laughs> Yeah, seven, uh, eight, and ten. Seven, eight, it's ten like, is great. I love that. That's just like you know it's what? Like one more, one more in sequence, and you had a pattern, but they just couldn't do it. <laughs> nope. <laughs> the most you can do is two years in a row. Next year will be like Windows Farfignugan or something. I don't know. I do like the I like the uh, naming things by year. It's except it, then you've got not to pick on Microsoft. So whatever you've got, I work 08. Well, like, yeah, right. They're not 2012, the you know. Yeah, so, it, it yeah. looks it's it's very obvious it becomes dated very quickly, right? right? When you don't yeah. when you don't update it's it obvious. it becomes yeah. people are are keenly aware of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's I think that I agree with you for the most part. If you are committed to releasing a product every year, then naming it by the name of the year is great. But if yeah. you are like this will be the product that lasts you for the next 7 years, then maybe don't do that. Yeah, I mean that's what they do with the computers, right? Like macbook pro late 2012 right right because you know there's always a new model coming and it's never going to be super long yeah are there software things in os 10 or mac os that you i don't know like what what do you think is on the list for like things to do i mean there's been rumors obviously that series coming from the mac which i have sort of mixed feelings on um but i don't know you know it's such a mature piece of software uh, I kind of wonder every year what they're going to add to it. And a lot of years you come out thinking, eh, you know, like last year they added like the split screen stuff. And I've used that a little bit, but it's still kind of like, eh, I don't, that's not like a, a killer feature or anything. But maybe we're past the age of killer features for macOS. Yeah, maybe. I'm okay with that for a few years, you know, like fixing it and everything would yeah. be awesome. Not that it's in bad shape, but it could always be better. Um in terms of uh, well, Spotlight getting integrated with Siri would be good. I think, I'd, like on the phone, there's just too many things right now. Like Spotlight and Siri, like they should work together in some way. And like on the phone too, and probably Wallet should get mixed up in there somehow. Um, so yes, one kind of central place where you can ask it a question and get an answer would be better than like sort of. Two silos, at least, you know. Right. Well, that's kind of what Windows is doing with Cortana, I think. Yeah. It's essentially, you can use it either as sort of a text-based search or as a voice-based search. I think that's good because I, I don't. Uh, to me, it seems like it, it's not entirely an input problem because the the, the uh, voice searches are more conversational and there's context and state that's held. But I don't see why you can't do that in text too. And I mean, th- ultimately, they're both serving the goal of getting you an answer for something. Or finding you something so you know putting them together seems to make sense to me i agree i think that would be yeah. a nice a nice integration uh, um i think i think uh high color stuff will come to the mac why like uh like the oh the like the night shift pro? type thing like or? like the uh well that's a use of it but yeah like like on the ipad pro i think the mac's gonna get some high color 
goodies. Hmm. Probably on an iMac display, I would guess. Because it already has like 10-bit displays. Yeah, I don't even have an, a, a Mac with a Retina display. I feel like I'm so far behind the times. <laughs> no, yeah. Why. yeah. But so I think, I, mean, I don't know if it'll, it probably won't be a user-facing feature, but uh, developers will get uh, uh, better color management stuff on the Mac. It's already great, but I mean, it, like with that extra bit, depth, you'll be able to do some cool stuff. Um, I'm trying to think about what other things that I would like to see on the Mac. I mean, for the most part, I, I do think the Mac is pretty solid. And I mean, I get my work done, it, done on it every day. And there's definitely little tweaks and fixes here and there that can be done. But I mean, there's well, a lot so of those I, and they're small. So the big thing or the big rumored thing is that uh, that OLED display, right? On a uh, rumored laptop. Yeah we, yeah, we talked a little bit about yeah, that. Talk, right, right. Yeah. Um, I yeah I don't know I th- I, and that has a secure enclave in it so that's somewhere they're going to have to stick like a little arm chip in there that's interesting I did I missed that 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 news piece where did that come from oh I just made that up <laughs> oh because you think there's a touch ID sensor in it essentially yeah yeah I think there's a touch ID sensor in it. and if there's a touch ID you need a secure enclave you right. can't do that sure, with right. the Intel right. chips right. so therefore you're going to need like a little arm chip somewhere. Yeah, that's oh, a, which oh, is not. Okay, it's not. I, I mean, okay. don't go crazy about connection. it. I think I will. <laughs> I think I will go crazy about <laughs> it. Well, I, I, it's won't. I, I ser- already have. Yeah, I seriously doubt it'll be. It's not going to be the CPU. But um, you, no, I mean, like you know that little uh, that uh, what was it like the video out dongle that they had for uh, iPads that oh yeah would, yeah that would mm-hmm. convert video that had like a little arm chip in it and it sure, had like, yeah, a hacked yeah. up version of iOS and. That was cool. So, you know, I think that's more along those lines. Like, they'll embed, like, a little side processor. Do you think, do you think there's a possibility? This was kind of something I was wondering about was as sort of a stopgap. So if they, you know, add this new feature on MacBook Pros that has Touch ID, um, obviously most of us won't have that. Uh, and while certainly they've not been shy about introducing things on some models that are only supported in some models, um, you know, like the uh, Force Touch, et cetera, uh, I wonder if there's a stopgap solution where, you know, having your, your iPhone and your Mac work together for authentication. So that, which is also, I think been discussed, like the, I could authent- log into my Mac using my f- touch ID on my phone, essentially. Yeah. I think that, I mean, they do it with the watch, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. So something similar to that. I mean, I guess the, the one worry there is if your, whatever wireless signal you're using is not correctly secured, then it's probably a lot easier to unlock someone else's computer. But that should be a solvable problem, one would think. Yeah, because I believe the way it works is that both okay, so both chips, both sides of the chip have like a like a basically they do public key encryption. So it knows that it's bonded to your phone. Like so we, like a man in the middle attack right, right. can't succeed, basically. Because it because it can't encrypt the message properly. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, that makes that makes sense to me. I assume that's that's doable. I think that would be cool. I mean, it's a lot easier certainly to type your long password in on your Mac than it is on your iPhone, where it's just more annoying. But if I didn't have to do that, <laughs> I would not be sad about it. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, you just open your Mac, and if you're, you know, you put all, you know, you put eight fingers up on the thing. <laughs> yeah, you could actually. I suppose. <laughs> Probably could. Yeah. Anyway, so I think that's interesting. Um, I don't know what else for Mac OS. And I don't want to sound like that's depressing that like we can't think of any cool, good features. But 
It just means it's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I think there are a lot of options for small things that are improvements that will make uh, a difference for lots of, like, they have the opportunity to do lots of small fixes and tweaks here and there that will make life better for different people. But I think that they are, there are fewer things that are broadly applicable any, anymore. I mean, there's sure I'm sure there are some, but I think there are probably fewer than there used to be in terms of, like, system-wide features that everyone's like, yeah, that's a great thing. We all want that, right? Like, whereas there are lots of little things here and there where they can do it and certain groups of people will be like, oh, yeah, I really wanted that. Or great, that fixes mm-hmm. this problem I've had. But you're not going to find necessarily these huge blanket things that are like everybody raves about. Yeah, except new file system. Watch the be a new file system. <laughs> oh, that's well, that, that was another rumor, right? Really? Yeah. Still? Yeah. 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 ZFS? Is that still a thing? <laughs> I don't even no, know no, if that. No. Yeah, no. I mean, that got, that got kiboshed for legal reasons. I've been quite. But the, but the. The supposed benefit of a new file system is it would better take advantage of the flash drives, right? Yeah, HFS Plus, it was a no bueno for that kind of stuff. Yeah. Because, I mean, so just as a high-level thing, all old file systems are laid out so that um, as the disk is spinning, like the, the sectors of the disk are best utilized. Uh, and that all of that logic can just go in the garbage when you're talking about an SSD because it's right. it's immediate access anywhere on the drive. So you can lay right. stuff out in a different way. Right. You don't need it, has, to... it has, it has properties that are unique to it rather than unique to like spinning a giant platter. Right. Around. You don't need to worry about where on a disc something is, right. or you don't need to worry about a disc right. moving or minimizing how much a disc moves in order to not wear it out essentially. Right. Yeah. There, and you know, the SSDs have their own pros and cons. So yeah. you can, you can, make a file system optimized for that which frankly i think it's about time uh i don't know if you need it in your i don't know if now you need it but you should definitely be thinking about it ssds are they're not just the future they're now like that's i in fact i just replaced um i did surgery on my mac mini uh last week and basically put in an ssd uh, because it's got it's one of the 2012 models where it's got like essentially an empty bracket for another drive Mm. So I took it all apart, which is a pain because the SSD is the slot is all the way on the top of the computer. So when you flip it over, it's all the way on the bottom. You have to take everything else (laughs) out. Um, But I put that in cloned, basically um, cloned, had a, you know, super duper clone erased that made it a fusion drive via a little command line utility and then just dumped everything back onto it. And holy crap, between that and adding maxing out the RAM on it, that thing flies now. Yeah. But That's cool. That was my only yeah. computer in the house that did not have an SSD or Fusion as primary drive, and it does feel it was it was. I think Apple has started optimizing OS X for non-spinning disk drives in some ways because about I don't know ten eleven four or so I installed on the on the Mac Mini, and all of a sudden it just it just ground to a halt. And I realized, like, oh, man, you know, this is running a slow hard drive, essentially, right? Like, mm-hmm. that is not good. And I don't think, you know, certainly, I guess aside from some of the iMac line and some of the Mac Mini line, nothing else uses a hard drive anymore, right? That's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. they're all portables I mean, or, or the Mac Pro, which is, you know. The Mac, well, the I, mean, Mac- I find it kind of I find it kind of annoying how much is still the, is still has spinning disk drives, though. I mean, you have to get up to, like... It's always like an add-on, or you have to get up very far into the iMac range to get it as a. a Are you so you're discounting uh, Fusion drives as like your disqualifying? No, no. I think like most of the most of the lower. Well, I actually I should look again, but I think most of the lower end ones are still are still hard drives. 
Yeah, um, in fact, the intro models for the 21.5 um, are all one terabyte hard drives. Yeah. And in fact, the 27, yeah. you got to get to the mid-range before there's a Fusion drive. Right. Um, oh, okay. But, I thought yeah. it was earlier down there. But you know what? One terabyte of SSD is hard to come by. Sure, yeah. And pe- they still think people want storage over speed, yeah. which is probably true right now, given the prices. Yeah, but it should, I think it should at least be a, a Fusion drive. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would tend to agree with that. Maybe that'll maybe that's a possibility for an upgrade. Yeah, I would even like, if the I SSD. Like I mean, in a way, in a way, that bothers me more than like a sixteen gigabyte phone. Because if you're somebody who just doesn't like use a phone for very much, I mean, and I know like my my parents don't install tons of apps. They, you know, and the phone the phone still functions the same way as a you know thirty two sixty four a much larger phone, whereas these do not function the same way. Right. Yeah, yeah, I agreed. You know what I'd love is like if they can get OS X to stop flipping out when it's out of disk space. <laughs> yeah, it does start to panic pretty badly. It's such my, a good, my wife, it's... my wife spent like spent the entire weekend like just going through and deleting stuff because I mean she's got a two hundred fifty gig flash drive in her um, MacBook Air and and she she was maxing out just because she never deletes anything. Oh, good. But the it's process like of going back and doing that is such a pain in the butt. It's a huge. Pain Once you're ass. there, rolling it back is just a nightmare. Yeah. Well, yeah, because it's flipping out on you while you're trying to mm-hmm. help it. Oh, it's just mm-hmm. the worst. It's such a good operating system in so many ways, and as soon as it gets starved for disk space, it <laughs> flips its lid. It really, it really <laughs> cannot handle that. It it seems very upset by it. Yeah, even just trying to switch to an app to close it. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's launching. Like, it's like, ah, I can't do it. Well, that's part of the reason I did the mini upgrade is, like, I would log in via screen sharing to check something on there. Um, or even, like, it's hooked up to my TV, and every once in a while, it's like, oh, I want to watch something on Hulu, the website, because I can't get it through the app. Happening less, thankfully, but it still happened from time to time. And I would click on Safari. There's, like, nothing else running on this machine. Like, there's a couple small things running in the background. But, like, if you look in the dock, there's basically one app running at most times. And I click on Safari. And I got I like, I to walk away because it's, like, 30, 45 <laughs> seconds before it opens. And I'm like, this is not this is not something that should be happening. This is taking a really long time. And, okay. you know, since installing the... And I know it's over a network connection, but it's not the network. It's like I'm sitting there watching it, like, bounce, like, thinking yeah. about opening, and it's just no, it's swapping all the other stuff out and swapping all the it's other like, you're not even in. running anything! Yeah. Just doing uh, all the bookkeeping to try to get the app running. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so now on the SSD and with the more RAM, it just, it's, like, instantaneous, and it's great. That's good, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, even if they just cordoned off, like, I don't know, a gig, half a gig, that you just couldn't, software couldn't touch, so that it had, like, a little bit of breathing room when it wanted to start flipping out, that would be good. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a weird thing, and I can't figure out if this is new or how new it, and if it is, if it is new, how new it is, but um, it seems like there's a, I, I've gone through and deleted a bunch of stuff, except it, and it doesn't show up yet, and you have to reboot to get it to show up. You've Have del- you seen that? You've deleted what? Just like files. I mean, I've deleted. Oh, the, the number space of files. and the space yeah, doesn't to, show to up. To free up more space because I've only got like eight. Right now, it says it has eight gigs on my one twenty-five. Yeah, I've noticed disk. that when it gets low, it's not always the best about that. Also, uh, restarting. I've also noticed it, uh, frees up yeah, a lot. But I of... bet if I if I restart, I'll probably almost have like. I mean, I'll probably have twelve or. Up. There is also, I think, some cache stuff that doesn't get dumped until you right. restart, and I've noticed right. that as well. When I was running really close to the limit on my iMac, I would restart, and I would have several gigs free again. Mm-hmm. But I had to yeah. do a similar thing where I went, like dug through 
and like you know pull out something like daisy disc and just be like where is all this disc space going yeah, yeah. Um, that's another thing with hos plus is like it it doesn't know how much free space there is necessarily it just it like to, to do it it has to count it all up <laughs> has to go look at all of its files and say like you know add up all of the sizes not quite that's, but i mean like there's what, no that one must be what's going on here there's no it's one just frust- it's frustrating to put yeah. a bunch of stuff into the trash empty the trash and then it stays the same <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> great well frustrating for you imagine somebody who doesn't know what the hell is going on yeah well i mean not surprise they're know, just going to turn the computer off and then when they turn it back on it'll be better. it'll work but fine that's yeah. that's a horrible that yeah comp- computer shouldn't work that way right um it's okay if i work that way you know like if i'm, if I'm in a mood and then i go to sleep and i wake up and i'm gonna you know <laughs> i mean that's kind of what you do right it's like oh man that's, my knee hurts my thing. i'm gonna go to bed <laughs> and you wake up the next day it's like yeah it feels a little better <laughs> no no i'm i'm old now i go to, i go to bed and i wake up and i, I hurt more <laughs> uh I, would, oh, I slept on my uh, neck roll i would like to unsubscribe oh. from this plan <laughs> you'll get it soon enough uh so do we do we want to talk about podcasts or i mean we, lex is not on this week because oh look we're um, out of time no just kidding lex lex had you know there was a deal um where uh the mid-roll bought well scripts their parent company well except it's going well, yeah, so to be bought it, but it's going to be run by the mid-roll which I is they, lex's company we right. should yes. yeah yes. yeah um they bought Stitcher. He's not um, here to defend so, himself. So yeah, he's not here because and he's not here because he had to go like help work on this deal. Apparently, <laughs> um, so he's not he's not trying to like dodge discussion of it. In fact, on Twitter, he's been you know trying to have a discussion about it. I think, but um, there's been a lot of different opinion on it, and you know we will we will wait to hear from him when he's back on because uh, I'm sure we can have a spirited debate debate over uh, the issues. Yeah, and he's you know. He's going to know a lot about it, so that's good. And he's going to know, yes, quite yeah. a bit about it. And by next week, stuff would have not settled, but at least all of the opinions, like the, the hot takes, would be out. So Yeah, so next week's show will be four hours long. Because <laughs> it'll be WWDC. So, <laughs> so what do you guys think about it? I, I mean, in theory, it feels bad. Yeah. It doesn't feel good. Uh, well, because, I mean, so I, my, my thought is, well, just a lot of the concern is that they're trying to create this closed enclave of, of podcasts where podcasts go in and they do not come out. <laughs> the, <laughs> the Hotel the California the podcast, of podcasts. Yeah. Right. Um, and the the counterpoint to that is, is mostly just that uh, the advertisers want to get better information about podcasts and who listens to them and stuff like that. And so they can get it from these apps where they can control more of the environment. And... Um, I think at least in the in the short term, it's mostly about that because the the long term goal of like being the the one who controls all podcasts is kind of a kind of a crapshoot, right? I mean, you can't you you might try to go for that game, um, and Google might be in a better position to do it than somebody else, but uh, that's a tough that's a tough thing to win at this point. Well, well it's it's Apple's established. Won it, right? Well, yeah, Apple's won it, but all it does is provide a directory, right? Like it's not. Yeah. Yes, yeah. they don't. They don't. Yeah, they don't, they don't host, host audio. Uh, they don't files. sell ads. Yeah. I mean, they do sort of sell ads, but they don't sell ads for podcasts. They don't sell ads very well. They don't sell ads very well, and that's never <laughs> been a good marketing strategy. Like ads has never been a good business model for them. Um, I don't, you know, and so the the podcasting community as it exists is already open, and so the question is. Yes, there are there are some advantages that can be offered to advertisers by offering this closed platform. 
but there are a lot of questions about what that means for I don't know, like if the that might be a foolish idea because it's a sort of a chicken and the egg problem, right? Like you're not going to buy into that ecosystem as a consumer until it has the podcast you want. Right. And so as the, you know, to get the podcast you want on there, they need to, the companies need to be convinced that they're going to reach the consumers they want to. So what comes first at that point? Like if they're going to say, come to our closed ecosystem over here, uh, they can't really entice the advertisers very well because they can say we can provide metrics but there are no listeners and they can't really entice the listeners because they don't have the content so well yeah that's what you get with stitcher though you've got a bunch of listeners right there well yeah but it's still not as popular i would argue i don't know the, all the metrics but there's no way it's as popular as itunes slash no, no, just no, no, open no. podcasts right no. um and they, the the big advantage they do have being the mid-roll is that they also have content and so they can bring their own content a lot of which is very popular like this show <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> just as an example as a, yeah for yeah. Hi- hypothetically speaking well what they've got marin they've got uh star talk uh i don't know yeah they got a lot of that stuff under the your yeah. wolf brand and so you know that may bring a lot of listeners with it but how many people get put off by the i have to go use a different app i have to use a different setup i gotta mm-hmm. pay more money whatever you well know. wait it, it well, they're that's, not. That's what we fear, right? But yeah, right, they, right. They haven't said at least that not at this yet. point. Well, I'm yeah. not. I, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm not trying to put words in the mouth. I'm saying that that is, if they decide to go in that direction, there are some barriers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that said, I'm sure Lex will educate all of us on, uh, you know, <laughs> basically the opportunities, <laughs> the the promised land that is. Yeah. So the thing for me is like Stitcher already does some kind of what I would consider shadier stuff. Like they re-encode your audio and don't they stick their own ads in there? Yeah, I believe that is true. So that's not cool. They could not, I mean, now that they control a company, presumably they could, you know, not do that. Yes. Well, I I would imagine they wouldn't do that if you're using mid-roll ads. Right. But if, you, but if you're not, you're going to use mid-roll ads anyway. Yeah. Oh, uh, that, and that seems like a, that seems like a harder sell for people who are not already in the mid-roll, you know, ecosystem, as it were. Yeah, but if you sign up for Stitcher, odds are, so you'd, then you'd be, do you even sign up? I know Jason at one point got just added to the directory. Yeah, the, they, Stitcher to date has had some shady Yeah, like practices. they just, what, do they take the incomparable and just stick it in there? For... There are a couple, of, I don't know if it's because it's user submitted or what, but like it seemed like uh, there was situations where people, podcasts were getting added just yeah. my understanding own. is they did when he complained so, they took it out so that's good yeah, but yeah. uh meanwhile they're using his content and running their ads against it yeah that's, yeah, that's, that's what that means super, is, right super. right and they're hijacking the files too basically yeah. right because they're, they have to suck yeah. in the audio in order to do yeah and they recompress it poorly which is kind of a bummer so well because yeah. i mean we're such audio files <laughs> but you know if somebody if somebody well, in a theoretical uh, show did care that would suck so <laughs> here's the weird thing about the ads to me is if you are going to go that route of inserting ads one one reason people seem to think podcast ads are effective is that they are integrated into the show and done by the host but if you're integrating if you're just inserting ads then they're basically going to start sounding like like tv like radio or radio breaks. ads right yeah. yeah exactly and like that's that might be a turnoff for some people because it takes mm-hmm. them out of the show um well i mean so a i'm lex will be the first to tell you that i, I i've heard him say that 
uh, you know, when hosts read ads, it works way better. Right, I agree. Yeah, because yeah. uh, you know, we crack a joke, and we even actually accidentally sometimes just end up integrating it into the rest of the show by you know having a running joke about my underwear. <laughs> yeah, um, but mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. It's while that's true, uh, you're still running some mid-roll ads, right? Like they may be less effective if they're auto-inserted, but they're still there, so you can tell your uh, your ad buyers that. You know, this number of people will get the minimum level of experience, and this number of people will get the, the host reading it. And maybe that's worth something to, to advertise. Plus, you get demographics. Yeah, the demographics yeah. thing, I think, is going to be... My fear is that that is too attractive for advertisers to pass up, because yeah. right now, they can't get it at all. And right. if you control right. the player, you can tell uh, what ads are being skipped, yep. or if ads are being skipped. That's huge. You can tell if they've, if they've listened to the entire file. Plus, you can you can provide links right in there that automatically, like, you know, yeah. oh, hey, there's a, an ad. I can I can click I can tap on this link right now and yeah. automatically go to the site, have the discount or whatever applied for me. Like, yeah, easy. I, that's actually useful. Like, I don't I don't have a problem with that per se. But I think the the problem, well, you know, the problem because there's two problems. If it becomes so um, obnoxious that it, we run into the same problem uh, that we ran into on the web that sponsored all these ad blockers, um, and then the other problem is one that I just completely forgot. <laughs> but it was good. It was a good yeah. problem though, well, which well, is weird because that was the one I was going to lead with. And then I switched as I was talking and then I forgot the first Cause you one. wanted to land with a heavy punch and then you just, totally, I think so. Yeah. I'm not exactly just, sure what you I punched thinking. yourself in the face. That's what <laughs> you did. So I, I have philosophical. Oh no. Well, the other thing was like, as if they start, like if advertisers just start saying, well, we're not going to, we're not going to pay for these other, you know, we're not going to pay for the ads that you like anymore. I think that was what I was going to say was that, you know, the only ads we want now are these crappy ads that, you know, give us all the oh. the information that we that we want right, and right. Um, that nobody likes. Oh, like it may suck the oxygen out, out of right. domestic, right. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, have, I think, you know, I mean, I think people people like the ad. I mean, in a lot of cases, the ad reads are fun and we try to make them fun and, you know, they become much less onerous and I mean, one of the benefits is like we do get ads from people that, you know, from advertisers that we actually like. Yeah. So we're 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 never real, we're we're at least we're we're real, rarely pushing something that we're just kind of like, eh. Yeah, and I should say the midroll lets you turn down ads if you if yeah. you for some reason you just totally don't want to support that product or something they let you turn yeah. down. So but, you know I don't I, I think I have more of a philosophical problem than like a than a concrete you know list of things yeah. that I think are wrong. Yeah. And I, feel, I, feel, I want to hear I want to hear the rest of you know I want to hear Lex's. Oh yeah, definitely like, for sure. But like philosophically, I, I've, there's something that, that rubs me wrong about an advertising company buying a content company. Uh, if it had been the other way around, theoretically no difference. But for some reason, I don't know if I would have been as, yeah. felt as weird right. about it. Uh, but an ad company controlling the content and the, the means through which you listen to the content kind of just makes me a little uncomfortable. I mean, Google's taking the same approach. Yeah, it is yeah. fundamentally and, and an ad company to, that is bought. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. I think it's proper to think of Google as an ad company. They are. I mean, they are. Yeah, that's what they do. That's their bread and so butter. That's, that's how they make the money. Yeah, they just happen to be really good at tech. So. Well, the good news is Lex will come on in a week or two and tell us why we're all wrong and we have nothing to fear. Or we'll be so excited about stuff that was announced at WWC, we'll forget to talk about Probably it. Probably that one. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
the dog agrees with me though. <laughs> the dog definitely agrees. I, you think? So? I don't know. I think the dog is disagreeing with you. I don't Could know. Could you turn everything, the negativity down on the dog, please? Everything sucks. Today is turn, awful. Turn, 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 dog, turn dog down. 